Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. On the Sabbath day, they went into the synagogue for the services. Now, after the usual readings from the books of Moses and the prophets, those in charge of the service sent them this message. Brothers, if you have any word of encouragement for the people, come and give it. So Paul stood, lifted his hand to quiet them, and started speaking. Men of Israel and you God-fearing Gentiles, listen to me. So not only is God's encouragement people, huge, here's the next one. God's encouragement is always his word. You may have heard stories of missionaries or other Christians being put in jail for their belief, many times being placed in solitary confinement. It's nearly impossible to imagine the mental stress that results from such a situation, and yet often their testimony is one of God's grace and supernatural care for them. Pastor Mark will be teaching about such a time in David's life. He was betrayed by a second city and his men were beginning to grumble. He needed help, and the first thing he did was call out to God. God brought Jonathan to him to encourage him and build him up in the faith. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in 1 Samuel chapter 23, as he continues in this series called The Life of David. And Saul's son, Jonathan, went to David at Horish and helped him find strength in the Lord. Now, let's just stop there for a moment. Saul the king cannot find David. Jonathan goes right to where David is. Is that amazing? Why? Because Jonathan is a man of God. And God directs him right to where David is. That's a beautiful picture. Notice he says in verse 17, don't be afraid. My father Saul will not lay a hand on you. You will be king over Israel. And I will be second to you. Even my father Saul knows this. And the two of them made a covenant before the Lord. Then Jonathan went home, but David remained at Horish. Now, let me just talk about a couple things. First, Jonathan is right when he says in verse 17, you're going to be king over Israel. But Jonathan is wrong in the second statement. Notice the second statement, and I will be second to you. We'll learn later that Jonathan gets killed on a battlefield. He never, ever sees David as the king of Israel. When I read that, I should have the sign up here that says, tomorrow, because tomorrow, we never know what's coming tomorrow. 
Now, nothing wrong with his statement. He knows David's going to be around because he's going to be king. He assumes he's going to be there right next to him. Tomorrow didn't come for Jonathan. His tomorrow came a lot sooner than he thought it would come. But what is he doing here? Notice verse 16, and he helped him find strength in God. God is not only protecting David against Saul, but God knew, this is important, God knew that David needed to be encouraged. Do you ever need to be encouraged? Silly question. We all need to be encouraged. Life is hard. Think of David. I mean, he's, he's got four, well, 600. He's got 600 guys that really, boy, what a difficult time. He goes and he saves his whole city, and the whole city turns their back on him, coming against him, going to give him up. He's running. He's lost his family. What does God do? David needs some encouragement. You know, as we go through life, we need encouragement. How did David find encouragement? A couple things here. Number one, God's encouragement. Number one, people and good friends. I was talking to my wife the other day. When we are involved in so many different people's lives, one of the things you need to look for is to be that person that can sense someone in your family, in your friendship, in your neighborhood, at work, at school. Some of you are round enough. You ought to be able to sense they're discouraged. Now, let's just be honest. It's not a disaster to be discouraged. We all get discouraged. The Bible knows it. The Bible says we should encourage one another. You're going to see that in a moment. So what happens when we do get discouraged? We don't want to tell anybody. I'm not going to admit I'm discouraged. I'm fine. And inside, there's like this cloud over us. So if I'm spirit-filled, I believe that God would make me sensitive to people that need encouragement. Husbands, wives, same. Kids, same. God knew that David needed to be encouraged. So he's probably shocked that Jonathan comes right through to him. David can't, I mean, Saul can't find him. Here he comes. Now, what does he bring to him? His best friend. Remember, if you're married, your best friend is your spouse. But we should have some other good friends in our life. And Jonathan risks his life, comes out to this desolate area, doesn't care what his dad thinks, and he helps him find strength in God. So when you encourage a person, when I encourage a person, it's not just, what are you thinking? Get rid of that stinking thinking. If you know the person enough, you can do that. But really, how do you encourage him? With the Word of God. With the Word of God. So he does that. And I think there's times in our life, let me just read to you Barnabas, a great man who was used so much in the life of Paul. Let me read you in Acts 9.26. When he came to Jerusalem, Saul, Paul, tried to join the disciples. But they were afraid of him not believing that he really was a disciple. But Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles. And he told them how Saul on his journey had seen the Lord and that the Lord had spoken to him and how in Damascus he had preached fearlessly 
in the name of the Lord. Proverbs 11.25 is a good thing for you. You see it. He who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. One of the greatest tools in the toolbox of Satan is depression and discouragement. So if you and I will be sensitive, we'll be that encourager that the Bible says when we refresh somebody else, God will refresh us. We can't do life alone. That's why I told you again, get to those small groups, get to those small group settings somehow where that can happen. Let me read another area to you. But Paul and Barnabas traveled inland to Antioch of Pisidia. On the Sabbath day, they went into the synagogue for the services. Now, after the usual readings from the books of Moses and the prophets, those in charge of the service sent them this message. Brothers, if you have any word of encouragement for the people, come and give it. So Paul stood, lifted his hand to quiet them, and started speaking. Men of Israel and you God-fearing Gentiles, listen to me. So not only is God's encouragement people, huge, here's the next one. God's encouragement is always his word. We had a situation in our family recently, uh, in-laws and, uh, not in-laws, but actually uh, brothers, sister-in-law and all those kind of things, and kids and grandkids. And we just, there was a, a bad news that came, and so we just had to get with them, encourage them, pray with them. What do we do? When I pray for people, I try to always pray the Word of God, because that works. You need to hear God. One of my favorite that I use often, God is a very present help right here in this time of trouble. He's right here. That's His promise. He hasn't left us. He hasn't forsaken us. He knows exactly what you're going through. And He who began that good work in you, He will finish it. See, that's way better than rah, 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 rah. It's the Word of God. So we need to have that Word. And no doubt, somehow, Jonathan did that. And the same thing as you see Paul. The next thing Paul's going to do is simply going to give up and and going to give the Word of God. Now, where was this? This is in the synagogue, or we would call it today the church. We don't come to this church to be beaten down and tore up. We don't come to this church to be entertained. We don't come to this church to be manipulated financially. We come here to worship God, be challenged by the truth, and we come here to encourage one another. I think it's very important in the setting of the church that you know that there are times as you meet before and after, go out, what all these things. Be sensitive. Be sensitive. Wonderful thing just to stop somebody and say kindly, quiet way, Is there anything I can pray with you about? And maybe they'll open up. By the way, if you are discouraged, you should open up. Say yes. You don't have to go into the whole history, but just admit it. See, the world beats us up. Why should we come to church and feel defeated when we leave? Now, discouraged tonight, here, God knew it. You're not here by accident. God knew that you would be here, and you needed a word of encouragement from him. Let me read you these words of encouragement. Let them go right to your heart. 
Second Corinthians 4.16 says this, that is why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day. Maybe you're here at this campus or you're listening on the internet. And you're about ready to throw in the towel. Don't do it. Don't do it. Let your spirit be renewed. Galatians 6, 9. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Pastor Mike, I've done this over and over again. I've been good. I've been doing it. Nothing seems to be happening. I'm just tired of doing good. I'm going to give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. Keep witnessing. Keep sharing. Keep praying. Keep on keeping on. And last, as I said to you before, right here, God is a very present help in your trouble. In your trouble. Let's just stop and pray. Father, right now at this moment, just for a moment, before we finish this teaching, you come to be the encourager tonight. You search our hearts. You know when we need that word of encouragement, that word that says, thus saith the Lord, write to us. Courage those tonight who are discouraged. A home situation, a work situation, a financial situation, a health situation. Encourage them that you are aware of that situation and you are fully in control of it. And you are working all things together for good. May we leave this building tonight with that load lifted as we just now give it to you. We can't handle it. And we move forward as if there is no load, because there is not. We've given it to God. In Jesus' name. Amen. Verse 18. Well, remember, the two of them made a covenant before the Lord. Then Jonathan went home. But David remained in Orish. God's time was perfect for David. Jonathan didn't know, but it was right what memories they would have. Now, neither one of them at this moment know that they'll never see each other again. And that reminds me of another principle. And make sure we're living today. Not just existing today, but we're living today. If you're here tonight and little stuff in your marriage or something fussy and whatever and all that stuff, going to sleep on the edges of the bed tonight, Cut it out. Be humble enough. Admit it. Let the Spirit speak to you. And enjoy tonight. Enjoy tonight. Enjoy every day. David and Jonathan would never see each other. What memories from that time? Good memories. That's the memories we want. Verse 19. Now the Ziphites went up to Saul. Remember where he's at now, Ziph. The Ziphites went up to Saul at uh, Gibeah and said, Is not David hiding among us in the strongholds at Horish, on the hill of Hakalah, south of Jeshaman? Now, O king, come down whenever it pleases you to do so, and we will be responsible for handing him over to the king. What in the world's happening here? This is like number two. David's hiding, and these people are going, and they're going to the king and say, You probably want to know where David is. We know where he is. Thank you. 
Now do you know why David need encouragement? He doesn't even know this is coming. Verse 21, Saul replied, The Lord bless you for your concerns for me. Go and make for the preparation. Find out where David usually goes and who has seen him there. They tell me he is very crafty. No, he isn't very crafty. God's just amazing. Find out about his hiding places, uses. Come back to me with definite information because I'm an idiot and I can't find him, basically is what he's trying to say. (laughs) Then I will go with you. If he is in the area, I will track him down among all the clans of Judah. This is pretty much like modern politics, to be honest. What's happening here? What are these people thinking about from uh, Ziff? They're only thinking about one thing, themselves. They want to look good for King Saul. They're just loyal to him. They don't really care about anything else. As you begin thinking about this, quickly, we got time, head over to Psalm 54. Because as David begins to hear about this, this is one of the Psalms that David writes. And you'll see when you get there, it's headlined that way. It's amazing how the Bible fits together, isn't it? Psalm 54, verse 1. You see the heading right here. When the Ziphites had gone to Saul and said, Is not David hiding among us? So here is what was going through the mind of David when he hears he's about to be sold out again. Verse 1, save me, O God, by your name. Vindicate me by your might. Let's just stop here for a moment. Look at me. Is David doing anything wrong? No, he is not. That's a little discouraging, isn't it? Because you think if we're doing anything wrong, how come there's spiritual warfare? Here's what we discover. When we're doing things that are right, Satan hates it. We talked about that today in staff. When things go wrong in the church and all kinds of things happen, what I usually look for is things, people's lives are being changed. Satan will do whatever he can do to cause problems. Always. You know that from inviting a friend. Friends getting ready to come. They promised to come. They got in the, that night, the night before they called, they promised to come. The next morning they get up, kids got measles. Been there? Can't come. You understand that? So the enemy's working. So David is saying, God, vindicate me. I just turned over to you. Verse 2. Hear my prayer. Here we are again. He's praying. He's vulnerable. He knows he needs God's help. Hear my prayer, O God. Listen to the words of my mouth. Strangers are attacking me. Ruthless men seek my life. Men without regard for God. Selah. And he stops and thinks about it. Now, it's amazing to me he doesn't get bitter. It's amazing to me he just doesn't. Stand up and go, God, you can have the throne. I'm going back to the shepherd fields. Verse 4. Surely God is my help. The Lord is the one who sustains me. Let evil recoil on those who slander me. In your faithfulness, destroy them. I will sacrifice a free will offering to you. I will praise your name, O Lord, for it is good. Is that amazing? See, when, when he's afraid, when he could become bitter and angry, he starts praying and praising the Lord. Great example for us. For us today, we'd put some praise music on and just say, God, you're in control. All right, let's go back to verse 24. So they set out and went to Ziph ahead of Saul. 
Now, David and his men were in the desert of Maon, in Arabica, south of Jeshaman. Saul and his men began to search, and when David was told about it, he went to the rock and stayed in the desert of Maon. Now, when Saul heard this, he went into the desert of Maon in pursuit of David. So they're there, and watch what happens. Saul was going along one side of the mountain, and David and his men were on the other side, hurrying to get away from Saul. As Saul and his forces were closing in on David and his men to capture them. Now, get a picture of this. This is a mountain. Saul's army's over here and David's army here. They come over here and David's army goes over. You ever got a squirrel and a tree and you go over there, sure goes up the other way? That's kind of what's happening right here. So there were, and what's going to happen? What's going to take place? And David's, notice, they're closing in. They about got David. It's about done. And look what happens. Verse 27, a messenger came to Saul saying, come quickly. The Philistines are raiding of the land. Then Saul broke off his pursuit of David and went to meet the Philistines. That's why this place is called, you name it. Go for it. Not me. And David went up from there and lived in the strongholds of Engedi. What happened? That area is known as a rock. So this rock basically stood between David and Saul, do you remember the cloud that stood between Israel and the Egyptians? What about the timing here? What about the timing of God? They're closing in. Saul can get it. Hello. I'll be right there. (laughs) Now think about this for a moment. Why did God let the Philistines come into the land at that moment? Who put it in their mind? God did. God used the enemy to, to what? Spare David. As you think about that tonight, our God is amazing, isn't he? I mean, our God is amazing. So here's something I want to think. What if David would have spent all the time worrying instead of praying and praising? It would have done no good. Because God already had the situation under control. That really spoke to me as I, I just meditate on it. Sometimes we all waste valuable time worrying. And in the end, can't do anything about it anyway. What did David do? He didn't worry. He went to his knees. He went to his journal. And he praised. Great thing. Last thing for you to write tonight. Then we're going to take communion. God sees. God cares. God comes. And God delivers. You know, that's one of my favorite sayings that I use a lot through the Bible. God sees. In other words, he knows where you're at. He doesn't just see. He comes. And when he comes, it's because what? He cared. A lot of people say, well, I'll see you there. Nothing ever happens. He sees. He cares. He comes. And by the way, he's the one that delivers us. We have an amazing, amazing God tonight. Today, Pastor Mark taught about the human need for encouragement and how God providentially met that need in David's life. Jonathan's being able to find David when Saul could not shows God's love for David and his desire for David to succeed. It's another illustration of how Christ followers should be seeking to encourage each other when times get tough. 
There's so much to learn from Pastor Mark's current series, so be sure to join us again. In the meantime, we'd like to offer you a CD copy of today's message for your own archives or for you to share with friends and family. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and click on Order a Message at the top of the page. There you'll be asked for the mailing information and be sure to include today's date. Each CD costs $5 to cover materials and shipping. Again, to order your CD copy, visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com. This is the end of this latest installment in Pastor Mark's series called The Life of David. Next time, you'll hear about Saul resuming his attempt to find and kill David. You'll hear about an opportunity David was given to end the conflict with Saul and how David handled the situation. You'll be reminded of the importance of living every moment of your life with godly integrity as well. Now, this is all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in and may God bless you. And together, let's do life right. in a hurting world a new hope he is giving